0: Hi, folks, it's Bob Vetter here. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to offer you something for free available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. It's a download of a game and map of the healer's journey called Sustos, named after the traumatic events that can lead to soul loss. The game provides insights in how we ourselves can be healed and how that process empowers us in our healing efforts with others. Get your free download at www.bobvetter.com. Now, let's get to our latest podcast episode. Hello listeners, I'm here today with Elizabeth Kipp. Elizabeth Kipp is a chronic pain specialist, yoga-informed addiction recovery coach, ancestral clearing practitioner, yoga and meditation teacher, and international best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. She focuses on helping people realize the power of their inherent healing. Elizabeth healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety and panic attacks, and 32 years of addiction to prescribed opiate and benzodiazepine medication. She now works to help others achieve the same healing that she experienced directly from the work she teaches. In addition, Elizabeth offers one-on-one and group sessions in stress and chronic pain management and addiction recovery, ancestral heal clearing trauma-informed yoga and meditation. So Elizabeth Kipp, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I'm so
1: happy and honored to be able to, uh, share with your listeners
0: oh well thank you it's a pleasure to have you so elizabeth this is a a fascinating story um, on it certainly starts with some very difficult aspects of your life so i'm i'll ask you to share with us a little bit of how you went from pain to really an incredible life in helping others in the same way that that you were healed so we'd love to hear that story
1: Thank you. Uh, I'll try to give it to you in a nutshell. Um, I uh, I was actually born uh, with um, my mother was uh, uh, was it uh, drank alcohol and smoked cigarettes while she was pregnant with me, so I was I was born um, already uh, having to detox from that. Um, I'm not blaming. I'm just saying it's kind of what was going on in the culture at the time, and she didn't know any better. So it's just uh, was pressure. Um, And I had a a difficult, um, the birth was difficult. And she was, uh, my mom went into a deep um, postpartum depression. So there was a big separation for nine months. She went away for nine months um, right after the birth. Uh, so that's really a lot of uh, early trauma, um, and and it and it kind of continued um, in that I was I was raised in a family that uh, really re- repressed emotion. They wanted and for children for sure they wanted children to be seen and not heard, and they didn't want to see us you know cry or be joyful. It was just you know stuff it all down so that right there is a prescription for chronic pain you know put on top of that uh sugar addiction which you know we're all given we in every occasion there was sugar um even when we went to the doctor or the dentist we got a lollipop when we were done so a lot of uh, a lot of issues there and then uh later i i had an accident um that uh, a broke uh, uh, the lower vertebra in my spine, and uh, uh, that bone moved forward into my pelvis and pulled the leg nerves with it, eighty percent of the way into my pelvis. And so we we had to do surgery to uh, stabilize that, and that was when the all the drugs started. Um, that was a, a lot of a lot of. I thought I'd be in less pain. That was the whole reason that we went into the surgery. But I I ended up with more. Um, Mostly the doctors didn't really understand the nature of chronic pain. They were, they were treating for acute pain and uh, opiates and benzodiazepines don't actually heal chronic pain. They help us deal with acute pain. They don't help us. There's really no research that shows that those drugs are good for chronic pain. Again, not understood at the time. So um, it's all they had. And uh, also I, I, I'll say that the, the, uh, and I have a science background, so I, I kind of under—I understood the framework that they were working in. Um, they assumed that I wouldn't heal because they they said you will be in level seven out of 10 pain for the rest of your life 24 seven. You will be in a wheelchair when you're 40. And that's the underlying assumption of that is you're not going to heal. And the truth was that they didn't, Understand the nature of chronic pain, and they didn't understand the limitation of the model they were working in. Right? Science has a uh, has a has a limitation by its very nature because it can only comment on that which it can observe, describe, and um, measure. So, uh, where does healing happen? Healing happens within the framework of science, within that, and it also happens outside. It happens in the all it is. So there, it's really important to bring in the spiritual and the unknown, the formless, uh, that dimension into the healing picture holistically as a whole person. The, the, the doctor that I finally met um, who helped me get off all the medication, it was so interesting because he he wasn't interested in any of my x-rays or my records. He wanted to know who I was. <laughs> he wasn't interested in any of that. Now he was, he was a a brain physiologist and a researcher uh, and an MD and an addiction uh, specialist and also a psychiatrist. And he was a Qigong healer. So he had this holistic uh, viewpoint and um, it was very interesting uh to learn from him and to to be his patient because he really understood the dynamics of chronic pain and he knew that that, that the body could heal he, he knew what we had to do and it was the first doctor that that i had been in in all those years that i had uh, i've been uh, kind of all over the globe uh, with different doctors he was the first one that really understood chronic pain the nature of it
0: and was that because of his background in qigong and and Chinese thought? Do you think, or what? What do you make of that?
1: He, he It was that, and also because he noticed when he was in medical school that that uh, that doctors didn't know what to do with chronic pain patients, and they tended to kind of push them away or rush them through. And uh, and he also saw how many chronic pain that's just like uh, 25% of North America uh, across all age groups and socioeconomic measures are in chronic pain and a fifth of the world estimated by the World uh, Health Organization. So he understood the statistics. And so he went into chronic pain as a specialty and understood, was able to see that, and he wasn't the only one, but he was with this group that was working on the problem, that chronic pain is a disease all by itself. It changes the brain fundamentally. So by the time I got to Dr. Peter Prescott, this is the name of the doctor, uh, who wrote this beautiful book, Conquer Chronic Pain An Innovative Mind Body Approach. Um, he, uh, uh, My body, it wasn't about my back. It, it, wasn't about, it wasn't about the pain in my back. It was about the way my brain was perceiving the pain picture. And so we had to. He brought healing modalities that healed the changes in the brain. We didn't address the back. The back was not the issue. <laughs> it was just the brain was the issue. So we brought one of those healing healing modalities was uh, meditation, and the other and another one was ancestral clearing, and another one was qigong. We did. He he helped us use uh, qigong in, in order to help clear the energy. Uh, yoga is another way that we can do that. Uh, tai chi is another way. Um, uh, I, I think your listeners are probably you've you've got a pretty eclectic uh, 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 group of listeners that they're probably all familiar with those different uh, so, at least some of those different aspects, and they all help the body to
0: heal. So in your per, your journey personally, which which of those modalities did you use? I used all of them. Okay.
1: I still use all of them. Oh, I, I still use all of them. I still use all of them. I don't well, I don't, I I haven't used uh Tai Chi for a while. I, I did that when I was much younger. But uh the qigong, the yoga, the meditation, ancestral clearing, that's just that's just kind of boilerplate for me. That's I remember Dr. Peter said. Um, he said, you have to use the tools for the rest of your life every day. And so I do.
0: So Mm -hmm. take us through um, what actually transpired. So you went to this group where they, they had this different way of understanding chronic pain as Mm -hmm. the way that the brain responds to the pain itself. And this was, if I could kind of summarize, this Mm -hmm. was the first, doctor and the first place where you were really understood, where they wanted to get to know you as a person, as opposed to treating the specifics of the injury. So here it was an approach that deals with the chronic pain aspect and how the brain processes it. What So what happens when you're there with the doctor? What does he do for you? And what kind of a plan does he lay out for you in terms of daily practice?
1: Well, the first thing, uh, the first thing we did in the program, because it was, a, it was, a, it was the Betty Ford uh, Center in uh, Rancho Mirage, where this pain program was, it's not there anymore, but it was its time. Um, he had a 94% success rate, which was amazing. Um, uh, the first thing he did was he, he, he helped me detox off the medication, because that was a huge block, right? And uh, and a, and as and so I I got I was in a chemical detox bed for about ten days, and then um, uh, once I got out, it was uh, it was pretty intense. I had been on fentanyl for fifteen years, you know, so plus the benzos, so it, it was a lot of um, a lot of uh, it was a, my detox was pretty intense. I got out of detox and I went right into his classroom, and um, uh, the first thing that happened that I remember was we had uh, John Newton was there who's uh, 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 was working with Dr. Peter Prescott as a wellness consultant. Uh, he's currently with Health Beyond. He's the founder of Health Beyond Belief, um, which is a website as well. And uh, he did an ancestral clearing. Uh, he did for the whole group. And I had my science hat on when I when I was in there. I, I'm fresh out of a detox bed and I'm sitting there uh, not knowing anyone in the room, there's 20 of us in the room and John walks in and hands everybody a piece of paper with English on it. And, and, uh, uh, and it was, it was, it was a prayer. And I knew about Sanskrit power words. I just didn't really understand. I had never experienced English as powerful as Sanskrit. Right. So, um, Anyway, he he asked us what our pain level was, and and mine was uh, mine was in it was an eight, and every and from zero to ten, and mine was at an eight, and everybody's was from like um, an eight up to twenty out of ten. That's what everybody was saying, and so uh, he had us just read the this it was just one sheet. He had us read it silently to ourselves, and I got halfway down the sheet, and I felt the room shift, and energetically. And I thought, my first thought was, I, I'm, I'm detoxing. And I, I just imagined that. And then I felt my pain st- start to just dissolve. And I went, oh, that's real, right? So I knew something was happening. And then I finished reading. And uh, and and John said, what's everybody's pain level zero to 10? And everybody's pain level was, you know, five and below. So I I was like, what just happened in this room? I know something happened. Uh, is it measurable? Uh, is it repeatable? And does he teach it? Right? Science hat. I just, I had all that on because I used to be a researcher myself. And, and the answer to all of that was yes. So uh, his work just got um, uh, written up in a, in a, um, a PhD dissertation around, around uh, consciousness and how consciousness uh, can can change our state of consciousness can change uh, DNA. So it, it's, it's it's powerful work. That was the first thing that happened. <laughs>
0: well, let's, let's pause there for a moment, if you don't mind. So I I understand what you're saying about the words being very powerful. What is the connection between the words and the the at least the idea that I have of what we mean by ancestral healing? Well, um,
1: the the work uh, the ancestral clearing um, requires has has an assumption and or an understanding. It's really not an assumption anymore. It's a it's an understanding um, that uh, we come into this life with the gifts and the burdens of our ancestors, and uh, and and that's just something that 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 science can see. Uh, we see epigenetic uh, shifts around this work and around. Uh, 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 like um, traumatic events, intergenerational trauma, we see that. So we 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 understand that it's a phenomenon. The ancestral clearing process, which is uh, which uh, John Newton trademarked, uh, so it's a, a, a registered uh, process. Um, it brings in um, consciousness itself. So we're, we're we're we had all of us be in the present moment, which is where healing happens, right? We're in consciousness. And then we're appealing to um, the, 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 the power, whatever power created all this, we called it creator, uh, the, the, the boss of bosses, whatever created this, this realm, this world that, that we live in. Um, and then we, we brought in a, a request, um, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example of this later. We, we made a request on our behalf and the behalf of our ancestors for all hurts and wrongs ever done to us in thought, word, or deed, and any hurts and wrongs we did to others knowingly or unknowingly. Please help us all to forgive each other. Help us all forgive ourselves, please, and thank you. So we asked to um, uh, offer up to this creator, um, the burden, the ancestral burden that we carry and we did it with humility and gratitude. And that's the formula. And it's, and I do this every day somewhere on the planet. Um, I'm an ancestral clear. I took the first training I could (laughs) and started started in the work because I was so impressed with it. And I'm still impressed with it. I'm still humbled by the power of it.
0: Right. So, so this is like a, this is a, 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 an internal practice. I mean, something that you're doing with, the the power of the words, the power of the creator, the power of the invocation, if I get you correctly.
1: It has an effect internally. As a practitioner, I'm actually saying the words out loud. And I sometimes have the client do a call and repeat. So it's, it's, there's it's not completely internally there's some an external component in in as we do we do the bring the voice in and we certainly bring in beth there's five different techniques within the ancestral clearing process and the breath is part of it for sure and here's the thing everyone will be familiar with this in the beginning was the word and the word was god and where does the word live the word lives on the breath so, consciousness is in on the breath in the breath, so when we access that we it it 's a very powerful space
0: so let's let 's take this mechanism and flip it around for a moment so if one fifth of the planet the one fifth of the population of the planet suffers from chronic pain on um, you know we we probably all have an ancestry that includes uh, things that were done to us, things that we've done to others. Every family, I would imagine, has that within it, in our genetic memory. So what is it that causes one person to fall prey to chronic pain versus another person?
1: I love that question. Um, So let's just make sure that we've defined chronic pain from the audience. Sure. Chronic pain is any pain—physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial—any pain that's felt for 15 days out of 30 for three months or more. So uh, the brain can't tell the difference between one kind of pain and another. All those kinds of pain send a signal to the brain. It hurts. Same signal. So uh, you could say that um, you could say that anyone who's had a grief experience is if they're having it still they're in chronic pain and if they've been through it they're in recovery from chronic pain And think of all just as an example since you asked it think of all the times that um, there was a grief experience in the past in our in our in our lineages where <clears throat> someone died and there was no time to actually do the grieving and so they carried that hurt, And pain with them, and it left it unresolved, and then that gets passed down to the next generation. Why some people carry more than others, I'm not exactly sure. That's a profound question. But I can say this: we find in um, we find uh, if you if you took three people that had my X-rays. And you ask them, this is what you would find: you would find one had pain all the time, another only had pain when they're stressed, and another one that didn't have any pain at all, which is m- m- turned into I was the first one and the last one <laughs> that I was. So, um, how do you explain that? You explain that because you're not looking at the whole picture. That's a reductionist view. You're only looking at the X-ray. Right? So that's a limitation.
0: Well, there's genetics, there's lifestyle, you know, there's a million um, variables.
1: On. On yeah. In my case, I had a, I had quite an ancestral burden. I also had a um, very high inflammatory response. So I was eating foods that were inflaming me and I had no idea. So I brought in, it wasn't just about, so it was ancestral clearing, Dr. Peter's work, which we can talk about in a minute. And then and I also brought in nutrition and, of course, we brought in movement through Qigong and yoga. Mm-hmm. So very specific. Of course, I, I have a treadmill at home, so I, 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 I move my body that way every day, too. So um, it's, a, it's, it, it's, a full, uh, it's a full approach. Now, the other thing is chronic pain creates a lot of chaos in the brain. Meditation helps distill the mind. That's why it's absolutely crucial. So the chronic pain situation is going to be more pronounced in somebody who's up here in the mind, somebody who's got a super busy schedule and all they're busy, all they want to do is, 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 is meet their deadlines. And when they don't meet them, they worry right in the mind where that, that the mind is just kind of taken over. That's, and that's a description of me because I was a scientist in the mind. Now I did have a meditation practice, um, which helped me. Uh, stay present and 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 kind of until I found Dr. Peter it kept me it really kept me going but the the medication I was on really kept me from uh, accessing the power of the meditation
0: yeah and and interestingly enough i mean i think we could trace the problem getting worse to the medication i mean not just that it's oh, no question effective but it's making the problem worse in the long run
1: no, no question at all. Uh, opiates, um, opiates de- depress the breath. So we're not able to get oxygen in to the cells and release toxins out of the cells. Uh, it slows, it paralyzes the digestive system. So you're not actually able to take in nutrient and it dehydrates you. So you're not, <laughs> you, 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 there's like, that's just three things right off the bat. So mm-hmm. there's really no, I don't see the upside to that um, and, uh, and so, and also the benzodiazepines ended up giving me, giving me more anxiety than I had to begin with. So it was just a kick in the teeth with the
0: medication. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So Elizabeth, so can you kind of take us through how you went from being in this program and being healed through, through their efforts, the efforts of this team and your own, personal efforts in, in putting into practice, all these things that they told you to do, how you went, transitioned from that to actually working with people to help them overcome the same problems in their lives.
1: Yes. Thank you. You know, by the time I got to uh, the Betty Ford center in that pain management program, I had sat in front of thousands of chronic pain patients in doctor's offices, hospitals, rehabilitation centers, um, because it was a span of 40 years. And, uh, and I, I really had gotten to know the phenomenon. So I was kind of already an expert via the school of hard knocks, plus all the science work that I had, had, had tried to do. Um, when I got, when I got, I I learned when I was actually in, uh, in treatment, I learned that the relapse rate was 80%. Mm. And that's in
0: the
1: first year. And I heard that, and I said to myself, the first thing I said was, "I'm doomed <laughs> because of the odds, right?" And the second thing I said was, "You know, if I get through this, I'm going to dedicate my life to, to to bringing that needle, pushing that needle back, to making the relapse rate less." And so that that was my commitment in that moment when I heard that, and and I've just been really blessed um, to be able to. So I I I just focused on that as, as my mission. And I'm still doing that. Yeah. And I started, got a website going, I took training. I've, I've had a lot of yoga t- teacher training. Um, I, I, t- I took a recovery coach training. Um, I've had trauma training. I, <laughs> I, I, just, plus I had my own experience. So I, I, brought all that together. I worked with Dr. Peter for a while afterwards and 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 learn from him as well and then I became an ancestor clearing practitioner so yeah I just I just kept working the mission
0: I'm reading between the lines here though and I'm kind of seeing that you you have forged your own unique approach to it using these different modalities and and seeing what works for you and Mm -hmm. kind of figuring it out by by going to these various different methods. Am I right? I mean, do I get that right?
1: Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, I don't teach anything that I haven't already, that hasn't already worked for me that I haven't kind of tested and it hasn't already worked for me. And I also had another motivation. I remember being in the hospital um, so many times and, and so many people supported me um, and kept me going. And, and I, 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 I was really humbled by that. And many times I said to myself, it wasn't so much if, but it was when. It's like, when I get out of here, because the doctors was like, that's not happening. And I'm like, yeah, it is. When I get out of here, you know, this, this space that I'm in, I hope that I can help people the way these people have helped me. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like that.
0: And it sounds like you that's exactly what you're doing. Um, so Elizabeth, can you offer up some advice for somebody who might be listening to this? Who maybe they're in chronic pain, or somebody in their family, some loved one is suffering from this chronic pain. How do you start? Well,
1: the other thing that besides the ancestor clearing piece, the, the the thing that Dr. Peter said that that was so profound for me was he said, "Don't judge the moment," mm. and, and I was like, "What are you even talking about?" and he was talking about my pain. And I was like, it was a huge aha moment for me because I had been judging my pain as bad and trying to get rid of it my whole life. And that strategy is a recipe for more suffering, more pain instead of just accepting this moment as it is. It's profound and it, it it's, it's not necessarily intuitive. <laughs> It's almost counterintuitive. Why would I want to accept this thing,
0: right? Why do you do so, that. Though? I mean, suppose I'm in oh. tremendous pain. Suppose I'm suffering pain at an eight, like you did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, sometimes that that pain really clouds your thinking. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So First do do? of all, yeah. So this is where the this is where the training comes in. The breath work is really important because when you're in that level of pain and you're freaking out, your nervous system is is dysregulated. It's the the vagus nerve, the threat assessment system and your regulation is is, is dysregulated. So you need to start, uh, you need to bring in breath um, to calm the nervous system, left nostril breathing, three minutes of just breathing, nice, deep, even inhales and exhales through the left nostril will calm the nervous system. And you can start from there. And somewhere in there, you need to stop resisting the pain. Now I I I, I have to find that space again and again. It's not something that it's not something that like once I have it, I, I have it, because my old pattern in this is to resist when I, at that level, when I go from zero to eight (laughs) in pain, I'm like, uh, I, I'm, I'm in resistance. And so I breathe. And that reminds me to relax because just the fact that I'm resisting is just going to bring more pain. And I encourage your listeners to run that experiment on themselves, allow themselves to breathe, allow themselves to, uh, uh, allow the breath to help them to relax and see if that pain doesn't start to dissipate. See how this was the other part that that Peter brought, Dr. Peter brought in was he said, what are you doing to contribute to your pain?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my belief that it was going to get worse if I didn't, you know, try and control it. Or uh, there were lots of things I brought to the table that I was actually doing that increased my own pain experience and locked in the chronic pain. So it's very important that we understand our our mindset, what our beliefs are, what we're saying to ourselves. And in chronic pain, that's very tricky because the mind becomes more negative as a result of the chaos and it gets becomes more chaotic and it becomes more negative so then there's more negative self-talk what's wrong with me i'll never get better uh you know blaming others complaining all the time that uh that is a phenomenon that that you really have to work on
0: that is a perfect place for us to stop uh, elizabeth, that's some really solid advice for people and, and some real actionable items that you left us with. So, how about if our listeners want to know more? How can they get a hold of you?
1: Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, you can reach me at elizabeth kip.com. You got to put the dash in there between Elizabeth and Kip uh, because elizabeth kip.com is a photographer. That's not me. Elizabeth kip.com. Or you can email me at Elizabeth at elizabeth com, and I'm all, Kipp? K-I-P-P with two P's, like Peter Pan, and and I'm I'm all over social media.
0: Wonderful, Elizabeth Kip, thank you so much for all you shared with us today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciated the opportunity to come and, and uh, share with your listeners my experience, and uh, and I, I and I really I, I'm I'm very appreciative
0: wonderful and thank you everyone for listening (laughs) i hope you enjoyed this podcast episode before you go i wanted to remind you of free healing resources available on my website www.bobvetter.com this has been healing and spirituality in world cultures with robert vetter Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.